Oh, I hate starting. <laughs> I hate talking. Yes. What's the what's the name of the, the show? Instagram for writers. Instagram is one of my favorite places on the whole internet. Wouldn't you agree, sister? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Mine too. <laughs> Why is that so funny? Because I know what you're trying to do. Insta what? Someone has to do that. I yes. know. It I'm has so to be sorry. done. I can't start. We'll put you on the yes. leash. <laughs> Emily, that's why you're my favorite. <laughs> Shut up! I knew it! <laughs> I'm so glad you all came here today. Um. Yes, we are glad you came here today. Welcome to the Hope Writers Podcast. If you're a writer and you want your writing to help people and give hope, we want to help you and give you hope. Maybe you're a beginner and you have questions about your next steps. Or maybe you've been writing for a while, but you feel you need some clarity in why you write. Or maybe you're an author who's been doing this for years, but you long to see how other writers balance the business side of the writing life. If any of that's you, well, this is the podcast for you. This is episode three of season one of the Hope Writer podcast. This episode, Instagram for Writers. Head Hopers and sisters Michael and Smith and Emily Freeman, along with Hope Writer marketing and tech guru Brian Dixon, are going to help open your eyes to how Instagram can be an extension of your writing. Here's how Mike Willen says it. And so we'll have this big message in this big form that we want to get out. But what Instagram says is, hey, here's a way for you to get that message out in tiny microscopic ways and test it sentence by sentence, idea by idea, drip by drip. And it's really a gift to a writer to be able to use Instagram in that way. That's coming up. The Hope Writer Podcast brought to you by Hope Writers, an online membership community of writers who give hope and who value encouragement, inspiration, and practical advice about the writing craft and business and calling. And right now, you can go inside the Hope Writer membership site for a week for just a buck. Just visit hopewriters.com slash trial. A dollar for full access to Hope Writers for a week. Hopewriters.com slash trial. I'm Gary Moreland, and in the previous episode of the Hope Writer Podcast, episode two, you met three first-time authors sharing what they wish they knew before they published their first books. You got tips on working with your publisher, how to know if you're ready to write your book, and two common surprises for first-time authors. That's in the previous podcast, episode two, part two of What I Wish I'd Known Before I Wrote My First Book. Right now, episode three, Instagram for Writers. For the Hope Writer, Instagram can be pretty special. It's another way to share your message and give hope. But we need to think of it purposefully if we want to have followers who engage with us and our message. There's more to it than you think. And there's more to this episode, too. If you want, there's a whole video course available to help you apply what you're going to hear. You'll hear more about that coming up. Let's start with Michael Lynn. And Instagram is her favorite place. But has it always been that way? Well, I think just like every new thing that comes along, like when we all started our blogs, when we all got on Twitter, when we all got on Facebook, and Facebook had that prompt like... What are you thinking now? Or what was it? I don't. What am I thinking now? I right. Know. It was like, what are you <laughs> doing? And so everyone answered like, "Oh, Michael and Smith is feeling sad." You right. know, it was you like start a out with a verb. So it's all about you and your feelings and emotions. So you have this new platform to get to talk about yourself on. Is what it feels like. So yeah, I started Instagram, my Instagram account in like January of 2011 picture of Miss Mustard Seed on the plane because the plane was going to take off and we had internet. <laughs> so I better hurry up and put this post Quick. up. Quick. Right. And 
for three years, really what my Instagram account was, was me getting to play with filters, making things look pretty with fun filters and having a few minutes in the carpool line. So, oh, I should put a photo up because it's been a few days and I have five minutes, which is an easy default to fall into. So then I had a book coming out and I wanted to be able to talk about it from time to time. And I thought, well, you know, I put it on Twitter. I'm going to mention it on Facebook. I'll mention it on Instagram too. And in my head, I just assumed that probably every single person that followed me on Instagram also followed me on my blog and knew I have a blog. It's called Nesting Place. I have a book. So I didn't want to, you know, you, you want to be careful. You don't want to talk about your stuff too much. So I just kind of mentioned on Instagram, oh, my book is coming out. And I was shocked at the number of people who were like, what? You have a book? You have a blog? What? what is it? When is it coming? And so I had genuine questions that kind of gave me permission to talk about it a little bit more. Um, And I was able to talk about it in a different way with pretty photos. And I thought, you know what, I could actually use this to market my book. At the time, I didn't have a launch team, my book just came out. And so my publisher is saying, Oh, you should go and be on this TV show to the girl who doesn't want to leave her house. (laughs) You should go and speak at this conference, which is all smart things that other people should definitely do and other people love to do. I don't love to do that. I love to stay home. That's where I I wrote a book about home because I want to be home. So I wondered if I could leverage Instagram and I thought, well, every time I say something about my book, like maybe I did last week and now I do this week, different people see the post and say, oh, I didn't know you had that. So I realized that just because I posted it once didn't mean that my 14,000 followers on Instagram knew about the book. So I thought, could there be a way for me to talk about it and mention it from time to time without burning people out? I don't want to have 20 posts in a row about my book. So I thought I should be I should kind of treat it like my blog and be intentional with the content I'm putting out there and not just, oh, I have five minutes. Let me take a picture of the American flag next to my car in the carpool (laughs) line, but start giving real house tips because these are the people I'm going to try to reach with my book. I should do the same thing on Instagram that I'm doing with my blog that really meets my core message. That's usually who was following me anyway, but I just wasn't carrying my part. Like I wasn't doing my part in giving them the value that they deserved by following me on Instagram. So I started to create posts, just little tips, little here's how to hang plates on the wall. Look, I use, you know, a picture of the plate hanger or whatever and made it pretty. And then every now and then I would also talk about my book. I felt like I would earn permission by putting maybe 20 or 30 different photos up and then put a a photo of my book if it's on sale or something. And for the first 10 days that my book was out, it stayed in the top 100 on Amazon, which you cannot say that 100% came from Instagram, but there wasn't a whole lot else that I did. Right. Well, you weren't, it didn't come from conferences because you weren't speaking. It at didn't that. come from a TV it show. It didn't come from TV because you on weren't the Today on one. Show. <laughs> right. So it usually when that happens, there's something happening. Right. It's not just on its own. Yeah. And I continued throughout the summer. So I took three months and really focused on Instagram content and tried to watch my photos and see, oh, what are people responding to? What are they double tapping? What are they liking? 
I want to give them more of that. Like that tells me like that's their vote. They're telling me what they like and what they want to hear. And so I, I did less of our family and more of the, the type of message that I wanted to communicate with my audience. What is great about Instagram? You know, we all, if you want to write a book, we hope one day someone's going to pay us money to write this book. And then someone else is going to pay us money to buy the book. And so we'll have this big message in this big form that we want to get out. But what Instagram says is, hey, here's a way for you to get that message out in tiny, microscopic ways and test it sentence by sentence, idea by idea, drip by drip. And it's really a gift to a writer to be able to use Instagram in that way. By the end of the summer, after me really thinking, oh, Instagram's actually worth me putting time instead of just five minutes in the carpool line, I might think about the photos that I post. I might try to make them just a little better. I might try to make the caption more about the person who is reading and less about whatever I happen to be doing right now. And by the end of the summer, my Instagram follower number had doubled. I had 28,000 followers in August, which in April I had 14,000. And so it made me realize people are paying attention on Instagram. I remember when your book came out, about a week after the book came out, we all got together for book signing. And I remember you got an email or a text or something from either your agent or a publisher, your publisher, who said, the book is doing great. Keep doing what you're doing. And at that time, what you were doing was Instagram. Was Instagram. <laughs> yeah. And I remember thinking, wow, that's really making a big difference is this Instagram thing. Do you, who would you say, I love it when you talk about who the person is, um, that would apply these principles that you're talking about. Um, because some people might say, but I just want to post photos of my family or I like posting pictures of my cat. Um, and that's fine to do. Oh, there's nothing wrong with having an Instagram account where it's for you, by you and about you. That is a great reason to have an Instagram account. One of the nice things about Instagram is we can have more than one account. So we don't just have to do that. And here's the thing for people like us who really are passionate about a message um, we're, we're writing, we're writing anyway, Instagram is a no brainer to be able to start sharing our message in a, in a way that isn't like an 800 word blog post, um, that we have to find 10 photos for, or even one great photo. Like the expectation with Instagram is that we're going to use our phone, but also I think we can get so caught up in like, Oh, my craft is writing. And so therefore in order to be authentic, I have to have, you know, I have to snap the photo of right now because what I talk about is, you know, such and such, which I am the queen of that. What I talk about is imperfection at home. But I've learned on Instagram, if I have 10 photos of my messy house, which is kind of my reality, I lose credibility because with Instagram, we get one photo at a time. And with Instagram, the way people decide to follow us or not is on that top nine with our profile page. And if that is all messy house photos, you know what, we all live with a messy house. It's not going to really encourage anyone to see picture after picture of messy house. And so if I want to capture my ideal audience in their moment, I know that I need to have a mixture of house pictures that look encouraging, like, oh, this is the goal, it was clean one time, <laughs> or whatever it might be, that builds credibility for me. And then I'm also going to show, you know, the everyday mess, but I do it as a favor to them, I take the time to get the right photo, to get a well lit photo as a favor to my audience, not begrudgingly, I don't know. What do you think? Right. Well, I love how, Brian, how you often say that if you're a, a writer, for since we're talking about writing, mm -hmm. if you're a writer who has a message to share and an audience to serve, then Instagram can be a great place to do that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I did 
I did a series on uh, Promise of Proverbs, and I did 30, 31 days. I was going to read a different proverb every day, and mostly what I talk about is marketing. So it was more just for like a personal thing, but I found that the writing kind of came naturally. I'd read a proverb every morning, and then I was like, what do I want to talk about? Well, here it's just it flows from what I was reading, and then the picture was the fun part. Now, I wasn't taking my own pictures. I was finding pictures that I felt like really sort of captured the sort of the essence of what the proverb was about that day. And I just did it for me, just like for me as a devotional thing, but I did it on my public Instagram and um, and all my marketing people like followed it and liked it and like most of them were not Christians. And so they were like, this is really inspiration. Thanks so much. Like that was really cool. And so I would, I would not have Instagram for a very long time. That's all about like devotional stuff, but it was a little series and people kind of walked with me through that series. I had four different people that wrote me that said, Hey, I've been reading the Proverbs with you, like at the same time as you. And that was, that was kind of inspiring to me that, you know, my message is that you have a message, you know? <laughs> and so I want to help people create and launch their first online product. That's what I'm all about. Has nothing to do with Proverbs, although maybe it does, because the Proverbs talk about all these things related. So that's kind of my focus filter that I use. I think all of us, no matter what we talk about, can use Instagram in a way, again, learning the rules of, of Instagram, like what are people expecting? And Michael is so good at that. You know, yeah. they're going to see one picture at a time. It has their full attention. Those are two big things that I've, I've, I've taken away from her teaching on Instagram. Um, but you learn the medium and then you kind of filter through your content and through what you're trying to communicate in a way that the people that you're talking to can understand. And so think about they're, they're in Target and they're standing in line and they check Instagram. That's what you can share with them. It's not like they're going to be reading your blog while they're standing in line at Target, but they're going to be looking at their Instagram feed. That's right. So thinking about that, if you have a message to share and an audience to serve, your audience is standing in line at Target. Your message is to try to encourage them to take action on whatever your thing's about, but you got to do it in a bite-sized way on Instagram that you really can't do on YouTube or on Facebook or on your blog. Our friend Holly Girth says that a brand is a fancy word for a promise that you'll be the same wherever your reader finds you. That's good. And as a writer, you know, I take that very seriously on my blog and I, I have the, you know, my tagline is creating space for your soul to breathe. So anything that goes on the blog is always going to, it has to pass through that filter. I can talk about water. I can talk about iPhones. I can talk about Tuesday morning as long as it's passed through the filter of this will help to create space for a reader's soul to breathe. Why would I do it any differently on Instagram? I wouldn't. Exactly. And so now when I look at my Instagram, now I get to do that with images. Mm -hmm. So same same applies there is when someone scrolls through and sees an image on my Instagram feed. Now, this won't apply to someone else's necessarily because they've got a different filter. Mm -hmm. But for me, it's going to be I want this image and the words that I uh, attach to that image to help to create space for a reader's soul to breathe or an Instagrammer's soul to breathe because that's <laughs> that's my thing. That's what I do. Right. Like I remember um, uh, Ruth Simons talked about like, do I see moments in my life that are Instagrammable and share worthy that are hilarious? Yes, but they don't fit her filter. So she's not going to share those. And I see that all the time. Um, do you, Michael, I wonder this about for you, do you find yourself always taking photos with your phone and just like saving them for later? Constantly. Most of the photos that I've taken aren't on Instagram yet, but I take them knowing that I can use them one day. When you take them, are you, do you have in your mind the words that are going to go with them or the story that's going to go with them? Or do you just save up? I think people do it differently. For me, 
with Instagram, it's usually the image that comes first. And then later, I find the words that I want to say with that. But I'm visually, that's how I write my blog too. start with the images. I think for some people, they have, they have a quote, or they have an encouragement that they want to say, especially I think probably for writers, it would work this way. But I would really encourage them to wait for the right photo, whereas I have to wait for the right words to post. Like even I have this great photo, but I'm just not going to post a great photo of something until I have the right words that fit with it. And so sometimes I think with writers, it's the other way around. They'll go ahead and have a great caption. The problem is with Instagram or the great thing with Instagram (laughs) is it's the photo that gets our attention first. The job of your photo on Instagram is to get someone to stop scrolling doesn't mean it has to be the best photo. I remember last week, Lisa Joe put like this line of baby dolls, Lisa Joe Baker from Surprised by Motherhood. I stopped. Was it the best lit photo? Was did it look like Ansel Adams took it? No, it's not about being the best photographer. But it's about catching your ideal readers attention. And so of course, I want to say, you know, what in the world is she gonna say in her caption mm-hmm. about this line of like half dressed baby dolls sitting in her living room? <laughs> right, <laughs> right. <laughs> curiosity yeah yeah Yeah, and I I want to give us permission Instagram in a way it's like the wild west there are 450 million people billion I don't know it's something crazy there are that many people in the world I don't know keep saying numbers a lot of people on Instagram (laughs) and they are paying attention there Instagram's easier than blogging you know we're still caught up in oh I need to start a blog or I need to work on my blog just start working on Instagram give yourself permission to do that I remember Growing up, Emily and I have laughed about this. I used to, when we would have a spelling test every Friday in elementary school, I thought it was a test on what you knew. So I didn't know you were supposed to study. She didn't study for her spelling test. I got D's and, spe- and I thought, I'm just stupid. She just thought they were testing what you know. <laughs> All these kids. Yeah, not you're what not you allowed learn. to. You can't, you can't How learn How dare it. you study? You're supposed to know That's it. It's not showing your authentic self. Oh my gosh, I have failed you. That is how we treat Instagram. Yeah. I can't make my pictures better. That's not authentic. It's cheating. It's like people think it's cheating if you, yeah. yeah. Can I roll my eyes bigger? It is all about <laughs> serving our audience. It's just another way, another creative, fun way. And if you like hanging out on Instagram, it pro- it tells me that you probably love creating on Instagram. You just don't, you're not convincing yourself that it's worth it, or you don't know where to start, or, you know, all of those different little hangups that we have. But if you're already hanging up, th- hanging out there, that tells me that you probably should allow yourself to spend time to create content that you're really proud of there. It's worth it. As a writer, I tend to take breaks from the blog, from blog writing, like I'll take some time off in the summer and some time off over Christmas. Um, Because writing on the blog, I love it, but sometimes it feels like work. But I never have had to take a break from Instagram. Like I've never taken time off. Not because like I'm overworking. Are you kidding me? It's so much fun. (laughs) It doesn't feel like work. And I just think that, you know, I take Annie Downs advice when thinking about social media. She talks about chase the fun. Like don't try to do all the outlets. And if you're someone who clicked on this podcast, Instagram for writers, chances are you're a writer who loves to be on Instagram. And so this is your permission to love it and to do it on purpose. Because I think sometimes we can love something and we forget like, oh, if this is fun, it can't also then be have a purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, but what a great thing that our that it can have it can be both. And I love how you talk about some, you know, like we said, some people might be like, wait, so can I not share pictures of my kids? It's it's all about who your ideal Instagram follower is and serving that person. And you've said something about like if you're someone who's checking your checking your follower numbers, then what? Haven't you talked about that before? 
it's kind of to qualify what type of Instagrammer you are. Because right. some people, someone might be listening to this and they post pictures of their fo- their children for them so they can do chat books, which right. is a great reason. But if you are the kind of person checking your following count when last week or whenever that was that all the algorithm changes came out, if you ask people to follow you or to you know hit that notifications button or if you freaked out about that, that tells me that you are a person who sees their Instagram account as something different than posting photos of your family. You are using it in a different way. You are trying to be purposeful with Instagram. And you're most likely a writer because you're listening to this. So permission to use Instagram smartly, better. Right. Because if you are someone who wonders like, well, not very many people like that photo or I I lost followers after this or I don't know if you can even measure that some people don't even pay attention to that if you don't pay attention to that then it then you can do whatever you want right but if you are someone who has a message and has an audience to serve then what a great way to be able to do that with I mean for me taking photos is so much fun like it helps me see the world and then to be able to then share that with other people who feel the same way is like the best. Right. And when you, even though you said, you know, sometimes I'll take time off the blog, but Instagram, I never do. You're still being really purposeful. Emily is very purposeful with her Instagram account. It all does fall under that filter of helping people find a place for their soul to breathe. You said it much better. For me, I say it right there in my bio, like home and life, it doesn't have to be perfect to be beautiful. So that's like my filter. That's my purpose for Instagram. So I know I can, again, I can talk about anything. I can show pictures of my family. If it somehow encourages people in their home and life that it doesn't have to be perfect to be beautiful because I am teaching my audience what to find when they follow me on Instagram. The more niche you are, it's just like with your blog or with your book or whatever it is you're writing. If you write about everything, you're kind of writing about nothing. But the more intense your focus is, really the more people that you're going to attract because there are some people that are looking for exactly what it is. It's surprising. So many people want encouragement in their home. What? It's crazy. But the more focused I am on my Instagram account, making it about home, the more people that I will attract and keep. But if I go off track and like start talking about my favorite band that I'm following around all summer, I will lose followers because that's not <laughs> what I got them there with. I'd love to know what that band As is. If, what is that band? Oh my gosh, there's not one. There's I don't no want to leave home for anything. <laughs> <laughs> that was the worst example. That's why Instagram is your best friend. <laughs> okay, right. so do you feel the pressure then of like, oh, you know, it's been a day since I posted <laughs> and and my audience is expecting no, encouragement for home right? and life. Yeah. And so I need to go find a post for home and Brian life. Brian and I, we've talked about this a lot. You and I have. Um And that's what I love about Instagram, because some of us on our blogs, we have, you know, at the top, it says the date. So it's really obvious that you haven't been there in a while, which I think is still totally fine and never make apologies for when I'm gone. But with Instagram, no one, people are paying so much less attention to us than we think, even for the people that are following us, for them to happen to be on Instagram, you know, right now with the way Instagram is set up at the time when we post, we're not, we're going to only reach a small percentage of our audience anyway. So no one is keeping track and writing down, well, they posted last Friday at four and this is Sunday. I think I'll go find them and unfollow because they haven't posted in a while. <laughs> no, you'll actually keep more followers if you don't post. <laughs> if you don't know what to post, don't post something junky. 
That's when you lose people. It's better just to be quiet and wait till you have something great to say. Don't post because it's Monday. Don't post because you haven't posted in a few days. Don't post because you have five minutes. Post because you have something of value to say for the people who are following you. Before um, my book, my last book, Simply Tuesday, came out, I knew that I wanted to, because the whole thing about Simply Tuesday is learning to celebrate the small moments and learning to sort of embrace our right now life rather than waiting and looking for like a more Saturday, Friday, Saturday <laughs> kind of life. Most of our life doesn't happen in the brightness or in the darkness, really, but just in the medium light of a regular day, like a Tuesday. And so because I love hanging out on Instagram, I really wanted Tuesday on Instagram to be a special thing. And so probably eight months before the book even came out, I just started using this hashtag, it's simply Tuesday. And I just used myself for a few weeks. And then I just did a post where I invited my followers or my friends on Instagram to join in and just to take a snap a photo of your regular life. And for some people that might be their dirty feet. I would never personally post feet on Instagram because it's against my clean religion. or dirty. But yeah, clean, dirty, you know, if they have shoes on, that's different. That's fine. Um, but some people are all about that. And that's fine. I'm, they're allowed to join in on the, on the hashtag. You'll just unfollow but me. I just, I just won't follow you. No, but, um, but I, I invited people and I was so surprised that people joined in and they, and this was, it helped me as an author because I realized it wasn't about a book. I didn't say, I have a book called Simply Tuesday coming right. out in nine months and I want everybody to join in on the hashtag. No, it's because I really believe in the message of the book. Mm -hmm. And I saw an opportunity on Tuesday because lucky me, I wrote a book with a day of the week in it. That it can so become, smart. <laughs> that it can, every week we have a reason to talk mm -hmm. about this idea of embracing our right now life and, and, and inviting Christ into the moments where we are and walking with him into the next ordinary moment and what that might look like and how it looks on our Tuesdays. And on our Tuesdays, it just looks like planning for the meeting and making the dinner. And, you know, we don't usually go out to eat on Tuesdays. We eat at home. And it's just sort of, it can be kind of a boring day. But I've just realized that in my own life, I want to celebrate that. And doing it with others makes it more meaningful. And so that hashtag sort of, I mean, it was populated by, I think the day the book came out, we hit 10,000 um, photos in the hashtag, it's simply Tuesday That's hashtag. So great. Because... People connected with the message of it. it. It wasn't about a book, but as a writer, right. it was such a great way to think about how can I embrace this message and invite people into it um, in a way that they own it for themselves. Mm -hmm. And it's not attached to a book, although when the book came out, it was great for the book because it all fit together. That's a beautiful way to use Instagram. And you did that in different ways with your blog, you know, on all your different social media outlets, you can use it in different ways. You have a lot of really great tips such great tips. In fact, I don't think I knew how to do like a overhead photo until you told me things. <laughs> and you don't have to give us all the tips, but do you have any like like a really great tip that you wish everyone knew about taking a photo for Instagram? First of all, let me say this. If you have a book coming out, you will most people make one or two mistakes on Instagram. Number 1, they put every image on Instagram either a quote from their book two weeks before until two weeks after or in the cover of their book. And so their Instagram feed will become all about the book coming out. Or that's the first mistake. That's the first mistake. Okay. Or you go to the opposite extreme, which is, I'm feeling really weird about this. My friends already know my book is coming out. I yeah, I'll mention it, but I put a picture of my kids up. And so then when someone like me, who's your friend who wants to feature your or anyone, you know, I'll go to your Instagram feed to look for a cover of your book. 
and I don't see it. Yeah, I always think that's weird when someone has a book coming out and or just came out, and, and I go there. and I can't find the book. Where's it the book cover? It makes me so sad. Yeah, it's such a great opportunity to take a beautiful photo of your book in great light. So my number one tip is just brighten your photos. Just give them the time of day <laughs> to think about. Pay attention. The literal time of day. Yes. Like, take it in the day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> People ask, how can I take a great photo in bad lighting? And the answer is, you don't. Don't. You cannot take a photo in bad lighting. So just waiting on the right lighting is so wonderful. One mistake was too many photos of your book. The second mistake was no photos of your books. And the third mistake is not chasing the light. (laughs) Right. So what you can do, not that I want a formula, but just think maybe, maybe every couple rows in the months leading up to my book coming out. What do you mean out, by rows? Rows on Instagram. Every row of three. Oh, like so when you go to the profile and you look mm-hmm. at their the grid. You're scrolling on their profile page. You don't want people to scroll 30 down and never see a cover of your book. But you also don't want the exact same image over and over and over again of your book. And so are there some creative ways that you really want, if you have a book coming out, to get that cover in people's heads. That's how they recognize your work, if it is a book that you're talking about. Um, So every now and then, every nine to 20 posts, do us a favor and show us a photo of your book. We want, that's why we're there. We like you. We like what you say. We want to know. You're doing us right by telling us when your book is coming out and what it's about. That's why we're already following you. When Simply Tuesday came out, I tried to have at least some image of the cover or the spine or something in my top nine at all times for probably a month. But it I was like that. in the top nine. It wasn't mm-hmm. necessarily in the top three or six, right. but just and then once it fell off the top nine, I knew it was time to do another photo of the book. That's a good way to um, kind of draw your line because that's what we see for on most phones when we go to someone's profile page we're going to see those top nine images we're going to decide to follow based on that and what their what their um instagram account is about and the question we all ask is is this about them or is this about me that's what i ask when i go to a blog that's what i ask when i go to an instagram account i don't have room in my life to follow anyone else whose instagram account is about them unless i know them in real life but if it's about me i'm selfish right we all are (laughs) i want to know about me I think, and Brian, I, I, I like the way you think because I think that you've helped me think this way and I've given myself permission to think this way is even this conversation might come as a surprise to some people because they might be like, you've thought that much about Instagram? Mm-hmm. Like what? But I feel like just with your whole marketing way of like, listen, if we're going to do it, let's do it on purpose. Yeah. And so just the fact that um, even thinking about like my top nine, you know, I want that book up there. I want that at top of mind for people, but right. you don't want it like crammed down their throat. I, I like the whole top nine concept. So for those that are just brand new to Instagram, when you click on somebody's name and you see their profile, you're looking at nine pictures, right? Three rows of three. And I think if you look at those top nine, that's your story. That's what you're telling people. And so for me, if I'm encouraging people to create and launch their first online product, like if I look at my top nine, I should probably see two or three sort of inspirational quotes, two or three sort of like tactical or strategies, like here's some tips, you know, of how to create and launch your first online product. Maybe one or two, like, hey, I'm a person, you know, like a picture of my (laughs) children, you know, out on date night. Like it's okay to have a couple of those things if you look at your nine and that's your story. And what I would say is like, your life is your last week. You know, you're, you're, you're building your life day by day, week by week, you know? And so if you look at the schedule of your last week, how busy were you? What did you participate in? Who did you invest in? Like, that's your legacy. It's built over time. 
In the same way, your Instagram, your following, your blog, your your platform or whatever you want to call it is built just a couple Lego blocks at a time. That's right. You know, so if you just look at those last nine, like right now, okay, you're probably listening on a phone anyway. So open up Instagram, look at somebody that you follow or look at yourself if you're ready for that and look at those, <laughs> look at the, click on home. Get ready. Get ready and look at those top nine and say, if I don't know this person, if I just, if I just heard about this person and I clicked a link and I'm looking at these nine, what are they trying to tell me? And like Michael just said, is it about them or is it about me? It should be about me. It should be about the, the, the reader, okay? So I'm saying, oh, those are some inspirational things. Oh, wow, that's, it's like relational and aspirational and you wanna balance the two. Like, it's gonna be okay, I can relate, but also like, here's a vision. Yeah. Yeah, let's get there together. And if you can communicate that in the last nine photos, I think you have a, you have a great Instagram account. I love that because as writers, really, what we're always doing is we're meeting someone where they are, but we're taking them, we're, we're, we're casting a hopeful vision for people. That's what I like to do with my writing. That's what I hope to do in my relationships. And so Instagram's no different. We get to cast a hopeful vision and it can be lovely and beautiful. And hopefully it is when it's on Instagram. Yes. And finally, Ruth Simons has 45,000 followers on Instagram at Grace Laced. Her Instagram account helped her start her art business. Michael and talked with Ruth for just a couple minutes about how Ruth decides what to post and about a conversation Ruth had with a friend about how special your Instagram feed can be. So I think that there's a lot of talk about whether Instagram should be styled and not real life or real life. And I think people kind of look at it like either or. It either has to be like white background with can lighting and it's amazing <laughs> or they look over their shoulder and they go bloop that's what's happening in my life right now uh-huh that's authentic so right then but i totally take mm-hmm. the middle ground and yesterday i had a conversation with a sweet gal and um and she said well i'm not image focused i'm a writer i'm I, I don't know how to take any good pictures my pictures never look as pretty as yours and i stopped her and i said listen here's the thing i may be an artist and i may use a few filters to make my lighting a little bit nicer and and yeah i i, I have a certain look that i enjoy But I said, I don't think everybody's looking for a certain kind of picture. They're looking for a story. Mm -hmm. And so when you take your your cell phone and you put it on square and you're pointing it to something going on in your life, even if it's a pile of laundry, I said, you don't have to just take a pile of laundry and say, look at all this laundry I did today. (laughs) But you can say, okay, what is ultimately the purpose of this moment? Am I just saying this to get it off my chest and be like, hey, people out there affirm that we're all doing laundry. It's so exhausting. <laughs> well, the reality is we are all doing laundry right. and we all change diapers. Or, well, no, maybe not any, you know, all of us, but I just mean we are all doing things that we don't like to do. The connecting factor is not, I need an affirmation that you've got more laundry than I do. Because all of a sudden I put picture of my laundry and it's like, let's all compare who's doing more laundry today. <laughs> but that's not right. the story. The story is like, Am I about to approach something in my life that really takes an intention to do this? Because it doesn't come naturally for me when I want to fold three baskets of laundry. Mm -hmm. So if that's your story, and you don't have to be profound every time, but I told her, I said, the picture doesn't have to be beautiful and glossy for you to be able to intentionally compose this picture. Even a basket of laundry, you don't have to stand there and just go, you know, you can say, hey, how can I tell the story that I stand back far enough to say, this is a house where my kids have left an entire trail of Legos and it leads right to the pile of laundry that is right in front of a kitchen full of dishes. That's real life, but what you just said there is I'm gonna stand back enough to say, I just want you to know that I have much before me, but God gives me everything I need to, 
to pursue all that's before me. Sometimes the image itself speaks so strongly and you don't force that. Sometimes that just happens. Mm -hmm. And then you just say, I'm gonna keep my words short because there's not much to add. But sometimes in your heart, you're saying, I just wanna affirm that it is hard to do the things that you have to do today, that you have to be faithful at doing. And maybe that means you don't take a picture of the whole basket of laundry. And there's two socks that just kind of made it out and they're not matching. And you take a picture that is composing of that. So it doesn't mean that we have to go take classes on composing pictures. It just means you're not documenting. Mm -hmm you're giving a perspective that nobody else can give. And I told her, I said, no other Instagram is gonna be exactly like yours because nobody has your eyes. Nobody, every, somebody else might have your phone, their same phone and the same square layout, but nobody will ever see your life through the lens that you see it. And so you're the only one who can tell the story in that square that you can tell. And so I just think it's one of those things where we need to not um, underestimate the way we see a story and our perspective and that way you can talk about um, your day and dishes and running a business or loving your children. Um, running through a, um, a splish and splash in the summertime looks different through any three people's lenses, but that's a different story with each person. And I just think we sometimes look at a picture and we mimic the picture rather mm -hmm. than think, I have a story on my own and um, I'm the only one who can have that perspective and just capture that perspective. I love that. No one else has your eyes. You're the only one who can tell your story in that square. If what Ruth said encouraged you about using Instagram, you can see her whole interview with Michael right now on the Hope Writer membership site. Plus, lots more help and encouragement for you and your writing. You can go inside the Hope Writer membership site for a week for just a buck. A dollar for full access to Hope Writers for a week. Just visit hopewriters.com slash trial. Then at the end of your week, we hope you stick around and become part of this encouraging community of writers like you. Hopewriters.com slash trial. Plus, if this podcast opened your eyes to what Instagram can be for you as a writer, Michael and Brian have created a whole course to help you apply what you've heard. You can see it at instavaluable.com. Com. You'll learn the seven strategies of engaging people using Instagram, what to post, what not to post, how to post, and why at instavaluable.com. It's a video course. Michael and Brian will walk you through turning your Instagram feed into a valuable part of your message as a writer. That's instavaluable.com. The next episode of the Hope Writers Podcast, Unlikely Teachers. What we can learn about writing from unlikely sources, from cartoon characters to Taylor Swift. All of life is book writing school, would you agree? And part of being a writer is opening our eyes and paying attention and learning. Book writing schools all around us every day, right? That's the next episode, What We've Learned from Unlikely Teachers, episode four of season one of the Hope Writer podcast. And final words of writing hope from F. Scott Fitzgerald. You don't write because you want to say something. You write because you have something to say. Thanks for listening.